Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 137. And tonight we are recapping Alice Isn't Dead, Part 3, Chapter 7, Speakers. And, time permitting, we are also going to do a quick debriefing on San Diego Comic-Con 2018. Yay! So, the Alice Isn't Dead episode, once again, I mean, it's a lot of conversation to say a few important facts. I think the first fact is that Alice and Keisha have started meetings with like-minded people to try and do something about this whole deal with Thistle. Right, and it starts out small, but basically what they're doing is they're just putting out the word as informally as possible. I was actually kind of worried that, I don't know, scheduling things might actually attract Thistlemen or whoever's like in league with Thistlemen. That didn't happen in this episode, but they just want people to come in and start talking about what happened to them, what, you know, their experiences with dealing with these strange, monstrous men with saggy skin. And in the course of this, as the meetings get bigger and bigger, they start meeting people that Keisha has already met in previous episodes. So it's a little bit a little bit of a callback every once in a while. Yeah, you've got the one cashier who was there when they found the body of the police officer who had been killed by a thistleman. And then they also talked to, I think, was it a Coast Guard or Lifeguard woman who's... I want to say brother and husband had been killed aboard that black ship episode. Right. It was that episode where, I don't know, people would get disappeared by this black ship. And it was always because they wanted to find out more and they got obsessed with hunting it down. So they would go out to seek it and then they would disappear, and then their loved ones would get obsessed, and they'd go out to seek the black ship, and then they'd disappear. So yes, the woman that uh, Keisha had talked to, she showed up too. Yes, and I think they had had, I can't remember if they had an actual thing, or if the two of them had had some kind of unspoken thing between them, but Laurel could see that Keisha was with somebody, and she's like, oh, you know, maybe in another world, and Keisha talks to her and says goodbye, and then you hear Alice, okay, who was that? (laughs) So... (laughs) I forgot that all of that happened long before Alice was back. Right, yes. So, But the other story, I think, is a little intriguing because it's playing off that whole unsettling idea of abandoned places on the highway. The idea is if there are abandoned fast food places that still have the speakers set up, you can sit outside them and sometimes you can hear things. And they talk to this traveling theater troupe who said they had heard voices, but they wouldn't tell them what they heard. So Keisha and Alice decide they're going to try and listen to him too. So they find an old abandoned Taco Bell and they sit on the curb outside the uh, drive-thru and the speakers come to life and they hear themselves. And it seems to be a version of themselves from another world where Alice never left and they never got involved with Thistle. And they're talking about like the most mundane things like, did you want to do pizza tonight? You know, things about their day. They were talking about who won this cooking show. And it's just kind of a sign of how crazy their lives have been, where it's the most tempting thing in the world to just stay and just listen to these voices from a world where everything is just so normal. It started reminding me of the mirror from the first Harry Potter movie. The mirror that would show you what your deepest desire was. Yep, the mirror of Erised, which is desire spelled backwards. (laughs) I'd forgotten that, actually. Yeah. And, yeah, I think both Keisha and Alice say that those voices that they listen to, like right now they're, they're eating, they're sleeping, they're doing the meetings, and they're listening to these speakers wherever they find them. And it starts to feel like 
the voices coming out of the speakers, that's the real world, and the world they're in is not real. And, yeah, it definitely gets to the point of being kind of an addiction, and they're feeling very cut off from anything that's going on in this world because they're just listening to how normal, how wonderfully normal everything sounds with the two of them through the speakers. Until... Yeah, they're listening one evening, and... They can hear the voices talking in the parking lot of whatever this fast food place is. And then they hear the two voices get into the car and drive away. And whatever magic or paranormal stuff works with that speaker, usually it follows them as they go someplace else. But this time it stayed in the parking lot of that fast food place. They just heard the sounds of people coming and going and ordering food. And that, for some reason, just struck me as intensely creepy. This idea that now they hear their voices go away. What are they listening to now? And then they hear it. They hear a man start screaming. And they hear a voice, and they can just tell just from the sound of it, it's one of the thistle men and basically says a lot of threatening things and tells the guy to look in through the window of that fast food place. No one is going to help you. No one is going to know that you're about to die. And it takes several minutes for the person to die. And that's where Keisha and Alice realize for the first time, this isn't necessarily a better world that they've been listening to. It's just a world where Keisha and Alice don't know what's going on and they aren't helping to fix it. Right. And that gets them to stop listening to the speakers anymore because this is the world that they have to deal with and that... You know, they could run off and just live their lives. But meanwhile, all of the stuff with Thistleman is still going to be going on. Yeah, it definitely seemed to be like a little subtle social commentary on what's going on in the world. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who are living their life in the current political environment, and they're doing just fine. Everything's fine. They have no problems at all. I think just because you're not aware of some of the crappy stuff that's happening doesn't mean that it's not still happening. So, you know, you can try and phrase that in your mind any way you like. But in the end, you should educate yourself about what's going on. That's my little PR plug for the week. Sorry. (laughs) And that was pretty much it. That was the end of the episode. We uh, listened to, there was a little bit of an ad for uh, the podcast Conversations with People Who Hate Me. And I feel like I need to listen to this particular episode because Mm -hmm. it is two people and it's the sort of conversation that I find very compelling where, you know, they obviously have different opinions and different beliefs, but they don't know everything about the other and they actually want to learn what's going on so they can make better opinions or at least more informed opinions. And this one is about trans in the military and what that means. And I know there's a lot of people who have very strong opinions about that, but maybe it's not based on actual knowledge. So uh, yeah, I think I'm going to sit down and listen to that one this week. Yeah, it's an interesting, like, talking with our dad at one point, and our dad grew up in Alabama. And you know, of course, there's a lot of shitty stuff that's said about Alabama. And I'm sure some of it's true. But you know, there's a lot of shitty things said about other places. But he was talking about when he was growing up, that there were gay people that you knew were gay in the South. It's not like this is something that just happened in our lifetime. You know, people have been gay for a very long time. He said when he was younger, it was a mark of respect to not bother them about it. That it was, you know, that was part of their life and they were doing their thing. And so this kind of hatred that goes towards people who are trans or gay or whatever has not always been the way it is. Now, I think realistically, it's 
back in the South, it was probably a little of don't ask, don't tell. I'm sure people who were actually gay were certainly compelled to not talk about it a lot. But I don't know. That's that's a thing that you should never assume that everybody that you don't know everything about is somehow evil or wrong or hateful. So, you know, I'm not going to say that everybody who lives in the South is backwards and small minded. I think that is going to get us into a bad place. Yeah. I also think in dad's case, he grew up in a really small town where everybody knew everybody else. And yeah, sometimes that means that everybody's all up in your business. But in other times, sometimes it means that, well, everybody knows that that person is a good guy. So, and that's that's something that I've wondered a lot because I hear people spouting these opinions. I think a lot of times they don't realize that they actually know people that they're currently saying hateful things about. So absolutely, if we all just keep talking. So moving on to a sprightlier topic, how was San Diego Comic-Con? It was really good. I had a really good time. It was a quieter year. And I thought at first it was because, like, Marvel did not have the big, splashy Hall H panel. There was not anything big for Star Wars. You know, they had their big Star Wars booth, but there wasn't a lot going on with Star Wars-wise. I thought that was it, but I happened to talk to Ross Thompson. We met him last year at the IDW booth. He took the selfie. Yeah, yeah, very cool guy. He's the creator of Kingdom Con. He's currently working with the gaming department of IDW. Really nice guy. I was talking to him about how quieter it was, and he didn't think it was necessarily the lack of announcements. He thought that Comic-Con was being smarter about scheduling things. He also thought attendees were being smarter. There is a lot more planning on both sides going on. Like, Comic-Con has spread all the things out all over the gas lamp. Like, there's completely separate hotels where they're doing interviews with the bigwigs. There's completely separate areas where they've got signings going on for various things. If you win something at the Hall H panel, you're going to go like two hotels down to go pick up your free stuff, you know, out of the way. So everything is really good. And most importantly, they shut off the main street that goes in front of Comic-Con, basically the only traffic that was going through there was the occasional shuttle for Comic-Con, and then the kind of little driveway area right in front of Comic-Con was also shut down to everything except like the occasional shuttle. So people could spread out a bunch more. So when you're walking outside, it made it better. But Man, I'm telling you, we were downtown in the gas lamp on Saturday, and it's still pretty nuts. (laughs) Yeah, the couple of times that I've been out there, there are a few occasions where you're just kind of shuffling forward because there's just that many people. Yeah, but it was good. And at one point, Jada was going to be getting into Hall H using a studio pass that she had. And I was just kind of hanging out waiting for her over around the corner of the convention center. And it was Friday. Oh, (laughs) siren. Everybody drink. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a thing. That's going to be coming right by your uh, apartment, yep. isn't it? Yep. Oh, yeah, he's using both the sirens, too. Wow. Yeah. There's nobody on this road, dude. <laughs> I have to okay. wonder if, like, sometimes, like, maybe we've got a fan who runs one of those ambulances. So they're just doing that so they can get on the podcast. (laughs) Sure. We'll go with that. That sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) So we were just hanging out around the corner and I was in my Dr. Strange cosplay, which went really well and hanging out with Jada and it was overcast. We weren't under any shade at all. It was just comfortable outside and 
I would just sit there and wait until a cosplay walked past me and jump up and go take their picture and go sit back down and wait for another cosplay. It was great. I loved it. Oh, that sounds fantastic. So, and, and you got to meet Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay, so I'm going to explain how this goes. We're on a lot of PR mailing lists. I know, Catherine, you probably get a lot too. But I mean, Comic-Con week, it's like 30 emails a day minimum. And about the week before Comic-Con, I get this PR notice and it's an invite to a beer and wine tasting with Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I'm like, well, this can't be what it sounds like. So I RSVP. I'm like, hey, I would like to go. If you've got room, I've got two other people I'd like to bring with me. And they wrote right back and they're like, yep, you're all scheduled. And I'm like, okay. So I told Jada all week. I know I got annoying about it. I was like, I'm sure there's a catch. We're going to show up and he won't be there. Or we'll show up and it's a $200 ticket event. Or we'll show up and our names won't be on the list. This will not be what it sounds like it is. So we get up to the rooftop of the Kimpton Hotel and we find the check-in desk. We have to walk past a pool party. And this is a hotel. This is like a $500 a night hotel. So there's a very nice pool party going on, but that's not where we're going. We go around where they've got this area sectioned off with hedges. There's a check-in table. We go inside. There is completely free beer and wine and whiskey tastings, and they don't even have a tip jar set out. They have these stacks of boxes, and they have these glasses arranged in front of the boxes. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. We get a free glass. No, we got a free set of glasses with a little wooden tray to sit them on. I was like, whoa. (laughs) And then they had a stack of Neil deGrasse Tyson's books, and there was one for each one of us. And then we're sitting there eating the free food that has been catered by the local bar and drinking our drinks. And in comes Neil deGrasse Tyson. They sit him down in a little bench off to the side of us. I can sense all of us who are there, like, for a while, we're all being, like, really quiet and really good. And then slowly the phones start coming out and people start taking pictures and everything. But they everybody left him alone while he was eating. And then he gets up while we're all sitting and talking. And he walks over and they have a Jenga game set up. And he and a friend of his played a game of Jenga. And it was just really fun to watch. Oh my god, this sounds amazing. It was just right there. Like, we're not sectioned off. There is no rope we're behind. I go up there to try and kind of get some pictures and I'm taking some videos and everything. And I'm only taking videos when he's playing because my phone is quickly running out of space. Also, I think it's more interesting to get Neil than his friend. Nothing against his friend, but we didn't know who he was. But I put the phone down while Neil is waiting for his turn, and he finishes his turn at one point, and he walks over, and he's standing right next to me. Like, seriously, I am I am literally elbow to elbow with this guy. And I had a question already prepared in my mind, because I thought it was going to be like, oh, this is going to be like a press event, you know, better have a question ready. So he's standing next to me, and I'm like, okay. And I just look at him, and I was like, can I ask you a question? He goes, go ahead. And so I said, you know, in an age of the flat earthers and climate change denial and fake news and other attacks on science, what's the most productive thing an everyday person can do? And he goes, hmm, continue to be a force of reason online against those who are not. And then he walks off to go do his turn. And I'm like, excuse my language, it was fucking magical. It was just... It's just amazing. And then he gets done with the game. And if you want to see how the game turned out, I'm going to do a little clickbaity thing. You could go on to pixelatedgeek.com. I have the video that I took. Also, you can go onto YouTube and look at the Pixelated Geek YouTube thing. I've, I've got a bunch of his moves there and the final move there. So you can see how that all turned out. 
but then he just you know everybody's bringing their books up and he's signing books and he let us take pictures with him and it Holy was just cow. it was really great and so yeah I told Jada I'm like I told you all week that this was no way gonna be what we would hope it would be no it was everything we were hoping it was gonna be it sounded and, like it was better yeah 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 exactly I did not expect to walk away with a free set of glasses and a book and pictures and to be able to not just ask him a question just just as a person ask the man a question so it was pretty it was the purpose of the event was it was a celebration of his show star talk which there is a television element of star talk there is also a radio show of star talk so i highly recommend that's all through national geographic they were the ones who were sponsoring it so uh yeah go check that out so it was pretty cool I'm super impressed. That's usually the press thing is not really all that in a bag of chips, but occasionally it's pretty cool. And so, you know, I mean, I was there with Jada and her friend Jose. And even though Jose didn't have a press pass, he was on my plus two list. And um, so they let him in as well. So And you know cool. what? A thing that I noticed when you got a picture taken with him, he's tall. Oh, Dude my God. A yeah. lot taller than I thought he was. I don't know why I had this idea that he wasn't quite that tall, but damn. Yeah. Yeah. I If you look at the picture, like he's sort of leaning down to be sort of in the shot. And my head's still barely clear in his shoulder. You know, it's he's <laughs> dude's tall. But yeah. And also nice. Just a really nice very pleasant gentleman you know the whole thing was nice everybody was all the you know we sat down in the sun and it was the second time that weekend that jade and i and and friends had sat down in a spot where there was a lot of sun coming at us and somebody in a wait staff comes by and sets up an umbrella over us i think they're just like looking at me and jade and are like these two are really white we need to get them into some shade but that was really nice and we talked to sarah who is from screen rant and she is was kind of the same thing she had used to be of a smaller website and that was bought out by screen rant so now she kind of works for them she also works for kaboom and that's kaboom with with five O's, we had to talk about that, where she sees like her name mentioned and she like counts the O's. Did they get all the O's? Oh, no, they didn't. Darn it. So that's Kaboom with five O's. And she was super nice. That was really cool to just talk to somebody else in the press and kind of hang out. And so, so. And you got a lot of cool cosplay uh, photos. I've been seeing some of those already. Um, I've been seeing some trailers. So the trailer for the new Godzilla movie looks amazing. Wow. Yes, it does. Uh, Godzilla looks amazing. Of course, we got the new trailer for Doctor Who and that. Oh, my goodness. I as soon as it was just that like half second clip of Jodie Whittaker as the doctor holding the sonic screwdriver. I'm like, this was everything that I wanted. Oh, God. And Jada got to go see the Doctor Who big panel in Hall H, and she said she just about cried. And her friend Jose also just about cried, but he told me later, he was like, no, 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 I was slicing an onion at the time. And I'm of like, course. oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, allergens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But And Nathan heard that there was a fashion show for cosplay going on somewhere in San Diego, and Jodie Whittaker actually showed up as the doctor to the yep, fashion yep. show in the new coat and everything and people just lost their friggin' minds and <laughs> of course god uh the, one of the trailers the aquaman trailer was released that looks amazing did you see the good omens little bit the, i the did promo? 
Oh, that My is going to look very cool. I just, and I love that David Tennant's in it. I just adore yes. that. I mean, the perfect casting, the one that I had in mind ages ago was Tom Hiddleston and Benedict Cumberbatch. And I wouldn't even care which one of them was the demon or the angel. However, I think David Tennant as the demon is inspired. I just yeah. love that. Especially after seeing him in Bad Samaritan. I mean, we already got to see him play evil in Jessica Jones. But that was a more charming evil. And then we got to see him play evil, evil in Bad Samaritan. And now seeing him play completely charming, I don't know, has some kind of vested interest in the outcome at Heart Demon. You know, it's been a while since I read Good Omens. I yeah. should reread that thing. I think he's a little bit more benign evil, I guess. Yeah. This one. Very charming, but good-hearted, I suppose. Yeah, I guess the good guy against his will would probably be the best thing. Probably, you know? yeah. So On a similar note, just before I forget, Jada was at the panel and Jodie Whittaker was talking about when they announced that she was going to be the doctor. And, you know, she gets the word and she's so psyched and so excited. And I forget who it was, but they said, all right, I'm going to give you this number. This is the number to one of the former doctors. So I want you to call them and ask them for advice about playing the doctor. So she calls up the number and someone answers and it's David Tennant. He's like, Jody, And he didn't know until that point. And they worked together in Broadchurch, so they right. already knew each other. Oh. Yeah, that was pretty deep. I have so. to wonder if him playing the doctor ever came up just in casual conversation when they were working together. I don't even... I'm sure it had to have. I mean, my God. But it's also... It's also the BBC. They've only got like six actors and they work on all the shows. So I'm sure they all know each other. Very true, actually. And I saw the trailer that was released for the new season of Better Call Saul. Now, you haven't watched any of Better Call Saul yet, have you? I have not. No. I think it's compelling. I mean, when they first announced it, I thought it was a goofy idea for a spinoff. But let me tell you, you know, the main character's name is Jimmy. He doesn't become... Uh, Saul Goodman until he he hasn't become Saul Goodman yet. They're progressing from very early in his career onwards. So you're seeing how this very likable person is going to end up as Saul Goodman by the time Breaking Bad happens. And we're finally getting to crossover territory where we're starting to see characters from Breaking Bad show up on Better Call Saul. So, man. And the next, yeah, the uh, season four looks like it's going to be really dark. It's so interesting to have a show. I don't know. It's It's got a built-in time limit, you know? The story's going to progress to the point where it kind of has to stop, you know? Sort of. Because in addition to seeing all of this stuff happening before Breaking Bad, every once in a while you're getting a little scene from after Breaking Bad. Oh, whoa! Yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything, but yeah, they are giving you hints of stuff that is happening afterwards. So I think you really need to watch it. Well, yeah, I know I definitely do. God, holy cow. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be all over that. That'll be cool. Hilariously, Leland and Stephanie and I, after, eh, I want to say it was Thursday night, we actually stopped at a bar in downtown San Diego called The Hopping Pig because they have really good food and it's not that expensive. And then we were kind of looking for a place to get dessert and we didn't find anything. So we actually stopped by where I work to catch a lift. And right across the street from there is the donut bar. And on special occasions, they stay open late and they serve beer. And Leland's like, 
is that donut place open? And I was like, yeah. And he said, and you didn't tell me this? And I'm like, I'm sorry. We, we've been talking about dessert. I forgot. So we go over there and they had all of these Comic-Con themed donuts in there. Like they had a Conan O'Brien one, um, a Yoda one, a Stormtrooper one. They had a Breaking Bad one. It was covered in blue crystal sugar, which that oh, is just... Oh, well, that's perfect. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. I, but, every know. now and then, it just shocks me how much love people have for the Breaking Bad series still. I mean, when we went to see the live riff tracks of uh, Starship Troopers and the actor who plays his brother-in-law is in that movie. Oh. They limited themselves to one reference because, you know, they're they're having some kind of briefing about something that hadn't gone wrong and that one actor just kind of sighs and you hear one of the guys say, oh, that just breaks my bad. <laughs> Everybody, of course, cheered. But, you know, when he first appeared on the screen, there wasn't this explosion, but you could hear the entire theater going, oh, hey. <laughs> So yeah, people, that Breaking Bad just keeps on giving. And I I will probably need to sit down and watch the series all the way through again. Because I haven't done that. And I think Hannah and Mom and Dad might be on their like third go-round, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, they, they're... I still can't believe that, though. I was watching the show, and it was good. But I kind of got to the episode with the fly that was driving him crazy. And I was like, oh... Uh, this is fine. I'm good. I'm going to watch something else for a little bit. And then I just didn't pick it up for like two years. And then Hannah had said that she recommended it to mom and dad. And I was like, ee! and then mom and dad watched and they're like, you need to watch this. I'm like, oh, okay. So I did. And uh, <laughs> surprised the hell out of me that it is violent as it is. Mom and dad really liked it. Really, really liked it. And the only other thing I was going to say was that the art show went really well. And I really recommend if you are a crafter, especially if you're in the San Diego area, but even if you're not, it's $35 to do this art show. And I thought it went way better this year. They had more signage up. It is two hotels away from Comic-Con. So that's always, you know, eh, I would rather be on the Comic-Con floor, but it means that it's open to the public and it's this giant room and they didn't even have it half filled up with people. And I was artist number 100. So I don't know how many more people after me had signed up, but it's $35 to do this show and you can mail in your stuff and they'll hang it for you. So, well, yeah, you can probably mail in your stuff on a board or something. I doubt. That right. If you've got a whole bunch of jewelry and you send them a handful of it, they're probably not going to put too much effort into it. But yeah, if you have pictures and stuff and you have a hanger on it, they will put it on a board for you. Yep. And the volunteers are all really nice. And my sales were definitely better this year than last year. And my sales last year were not bad. So it, that was a good experience as well. That's like just that. awesome. So that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the comic book reviews, the movie reviews, the photo galleries. The photo galleries have started. I know Leland's, I think he's got three already scheduled. Stephanie just posted one today. I've already put up one that is a collection from a bunch of our friends. So I put them all together in a gallery and we're going to keep posting them until we run out. And this wasn't a year for a lot of interviews because honestly, a lot of the interview opportunities were for, I don't know, shows that I didn't watch or games that I don't play. And Stephanie wasn't interested in any of the gaming ones either. Jada was not familiar with a bunch. So we just kept it to a lot of photos. So check that out pixelatedgeek.com and next week we are still not going to have a Nightvale episode but I'm sure there's probably something we need to talk about. I believe Catherine finally watched the Star Trek episode of Black Mirror. Oh, 
that was, yeah, we need to sit down and have a conversation with Hannah about San Junipero and USS Callister because, I mean, we don't even have to talk about the rest of the seasons. Just no. those two episodes need an entire conversation by themselves. And you know what? I'm going to be traveling sometime in August. And for a brief amount of time, the three of us will actually be in the same room together. So I don't know. Maybe we'll just have to, instead of one of our text conversations, maybe we'll actually record a podcast. So. That wouldn't take as much editing because we'd all be on the same mic. <laughs> so one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. Bye.